Today, uh, as Sarah said, we wanted to take some time to be able to do a Sabbath check-in. So for those of you who weren't around or have forgotten, uh, back in July, we spent the whole month talking about what Sabbath is and what Sabbath looks like and experimenting uh, with what Sabbath looked like. But we knew that there was no way that we would solve Sabbath in one month and that it was something that we were going to have to keep coming back to. And so we had intentionally put this week aside to be able to say, let's come back to that. Let's do a check-in about where we're at and let's also talk about what it looks like to continue to invest in that. Uh, And so that's what we're going to do today. The reason why this all matters is uh, we as a church are here because we want to make disciples. Uh, That shouldn't be a surprise to any of you who've been around churches for any amount of time, is that that's our key role. And when we talk about discipleship, we often talk about apprenticeship, the idea that uh, in an apprenticeship, you don't just learn some stuff, but you actually put it into practice, and generally you learn from someone else. And so when we talk about discipleship, we're really talking about apprenticeship to Jesus, learning from Jesus, but putting into practice the things that we're learning, uh, not just learning a whole bunch of stuff intellectually. And so we, this year, have been talking a bit about some elements that are helpful for us to be able to grow as apprentices, and that three things are really, really important for us. That first of all, we need to cultivate dependence on God, that ultimately our discipleship and our apprenticeship is all about Him, uh, but then we don't do this on our own either. We do this in relationships with each other, uh, and what we do is we invest in rhythms and practices, things that we do on a regular basis uh, that enable us to become more like Jesus. And all three of those things are really, really crucial for us to grow in our apprenticeship journey. And uh, we've used the metaphor of gardening to just try and help us understand a little bit more about what that looks like. And so we've talked about how relationships are kind of like the soil in which we're planted in, that we want to have healthy relationships where we have healthy levels of accountability and honesty and authenticity with each other. And then the rhythms and practices that we do are kind of like the seeds that we plant in that soil. So whether that's things like reading our Bibles or prayer or things like Sabbath, there are these rhythms and practices that we believe if we do them in community with each other, they help us to grow uh, to become more like Jesus. But all of that doesn't just happen by ourselves. All of that requires God giving us what we need. And so we talk about the nutrients, that if you just plant some seeds in the ground, they're probably not going to grow. They need to be watered. They need sunshine. And so in a lot of ways, uh, dependence on God is the nutrients that we need to be able to grow. And so the question that we've been then wrestling with is to say, okay, how do we cultivate healthier relationships with each other? But in particular, what are some of the rhythms and practices that we feel like are the most helpful for us at this stage to really go deep in? And as we spent time processing that through the first half of this year, we recognized that a lot of us are really, really tired, really, really worn out, just exhausted. And there's lots and lots of reasons for that. A lot of it has to do with what we've been through over the last few years. But there is just this general sense in our culture all around us that a lot of people are really, really tired. And so we wanted to wrestle with whether that is what we're supposed to live like as people who follow Jesus. And uh, so we've been looking at this key passage from Matthew chapter 11. And so if you have your Bible with you, you can open up to Matthew 11. Or if you have the Bible app on your phone, uh, you can pull that out and uh, go down to more in the bottom right corner, then events and uh, then Richmond and be able to look at our outline for today. But we've been looking at these words from Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30 from the Message Translation. Are you tired, Jesus asks us? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Then Jesus says, come to me. Get away with me 
and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me and watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So the question for us to kind of wrestle with is if what Jesus says here is true, then that means that there must be another way of us being able to experience life that isn't just about exhaustion, that isn't just about striving, about constant tiredness. And so if we want to experience Jesus' way of life, then we have to ask ourselves, well, what are the choices that we need to make in order to experience that? But this is also really important because if we want to do any of the other things that we know and desire to be a part of what it means to be people who are following Jesus and to live as kingdom people, participating in the work that Jesus has got for us to do, inviting other people to discover what that looks like as well. If we want to do any of those things, it's really, really hard for us to do that if we are exhausted, if we are burnt out. It's really hard for us to even think about any of the other things. And so even simple things like daily disciplines of reading our Bibles or spending time praying, we're far more likely to embrace them if we're operating from a, a place of rest rather than a place of tiredness. But it is very important to recognize that this is not just another to-do list item. This is not just something else that we feel, oh, great, here's something else that I've got to do. Here's another obligation that I've got to fulfill. This is an invitation from Jesus to come and to experience the rest that he's offering to us. But we have to acknowledge that it's not just something we can add into our lives. Most of our lives are already more full than we would prefer them to be and that we've got the capacity to be able to live with. And so if we want to say yes to what Jesus is offering, then that means that we have to make some choices. And so that's where the practice of Sabbath comes in. And that's why we feel like Sabbath is something that's really, really important for us to focus on during this season. So we looked at uh, some resources from an organization called Practicing the Way, who does a lot of really great stuff around discipleship and apprenticeship to Jesus resourcing. And they talk about four movements of Sabbath, four key elements that are a part of Sabbath. And they are stop, rest, delight, and worship. And so stopping means stopping, actually stopping, and actually ceasing normal activity, turning off work, turning off anything that feels like work, turning off all of our obligations, but also stopping long enough to recognize we're not actually the center of the universe. And if we stop, the world, shockingly, will continue to turn. And it's okay for us to be able to stop. As we stop, though, we don't just stop and then stand still and not do anything. We stop and we rest. We recognize that God chose to rest after he did all of the work of creation. And so if the God who created the whole universe felt like it was important to rest, then we recognize that's probably something good for us to be able to learn from as well. That rest is actually built into the fabric of creation. We're not designed to just keep going and going and going 24-7. And in actual fact, the only things that allow us to keep going 24-7 are not the things that God's created, but the things that we have created, mostly technology-wise, where we've created all these things that mean that we think that we can keep going all day, every day, without stopping and resting. But God wired us to enter into restoration, to enter into times of recreation, 
where we allow our bodies to rest and to restore, allow our bodies to heal and allow our batteries to refill. But then we move from stopping and resting into delight. It's not supposed to be something that's onerous and something that's just kind of another obligation, but a time where we get to do a bunch of the things that we love. It's where we don't do the things that we have to do, we do the things that we want to be able to do. To lean into the things where we say, yes, this, this is how life is supposed to be. Eating good food, spending time with friends and family, spending time in nature, spending time reading, especially uh, spending time listening to or playing music. Not just the things that fill our energy tanks, but the things that fill our joy tanks. But there is a fourth really important movement, which is worship. Sabbath is not supposed to be a self-centered time of pleasure, which we often seek after self-centered pleasure, but we know that ultimately that never satisfies. It's supposed to be a God-centered time of joy. A time where, as Ruth Haley Barton uh, notes, we get to turn rest into energy. We get to turn energy into delight. We get to turn delight into gratitude. And ultimately, that gratitude enables us to be able to worship, to be able to recognize how amazing God is and to declare that, to name that, to be able to say, God, you're pretty great that you created me to rest. You're pretty great that you created me to experience all of these things that I'm delighting in. But Sabbath is also an opportunity for us to do the other part of worship, which, to ex- which is to acknowledge the kingship of Jesus. To be able to stop long enough to say, I'm not the king of the universe, Jesus is. And so I resubmit to Jesus' kingship, which is a big part of what worship is all about. So today we want to do a few different things with all of that. The first is that I want to give you an opportunity to tangibly step back into Sabbath. Whether you've had a Sabbath time this week or whether you haven't had one since we stopped focusing on this in July or whether you haven't had a chance to be able to do it at all, it's good for us to remind ourselves this is actually what we're doing with those different movements and those different postures. So we want to begin by stopping and to actually spend some time stopping and reflecting on what is on uh, our minds, what's on our hearts, and to give ourselves permission to stop thinking about those things for a few moments. So I would love you to actually put everything down. So if you do have a device out because you're taking notes, just put it down for a moment. You'll be able to pick it up in a sec. If you've got a notebook or anything else, just put it all down. And close your eyes and take a really, really deep breath. And then take another one. And now take some time to tune into what is on your mind right now. For a lot of us, our minds race constantly. So what are the things that are on your mind right now? What are the things that are on your heart right now? What is the list of things that you're thinking about? As you bring those things to mind, and as you breathe, I want to encourage you to surrender them to Jesus. You may even like to adopt a posture of having your hands open in front of you. But with those thoughts, take a moment to say, Jesus, I give this to you. And then take another deep breath and surrender another thought or another thing that's on your heart.
And as you do that, you might like to pray this very simple prayer. Jesus, I choose to stop. So now we want to take that stopping and move into a moment of rest. We've already started that with our breathing, but we want to take that a step further and experience what rest is like. And so to do this, I want you to clench your fists really, really tight. Clench your arm muscles as well if you want to. And then as you breathe, let them go and feel it all release. Now I want you to tense up your leg muscles. You might push into the ground really, really hard. Tense them up. And then as you exhale, let them relax. Now I want you to scrunch up your shoulders really, really tight, up nice and high. Scrunch them up as hard as you can. And then as you exhale, let them drop. And as you experience your body starting to unwind, I want you to stop and think, when was the last time that you rested? When was the last time that you allowed your body to untangle? Once again, as you continue to breathe, you might like to pray this simple prayer. Jesus, I choose to rest. And as we move into delight, I would love you to consider some of the things that have brought you delight this past week. And so if it's helpful for you, you can feel free to pick up your device again or your notebook if you're taking some notes, because I would love you to actually try and think of some things that brought you delight this past week and actually jot them down in your notes. They could be really, really simple things. It's been such a phenomenal week with the weather this week, so it could have just been one of those days where you got up and you're like, oh, the sun is out. It's actually warm this morning. You could have taken a moment at some point and sat in the sun and just felt how good that was. Could be seeing spring bursting to life around us, seeing flowers, hearing the birds chirping, seeing blossoms or buds on the trees and being able to see what's coming. Could have been that at some point in the last week you had a really, really great meal or a really great snack or a really great drink, not even necessarily anything that was for a specific reason, but just one night you had dinner and it was like, that was really, really great. Or you ate or drank something that was really, really good. Could be that you managed to finish off a project or an assignment or got something crossed off of a to-do list that's been sitting there for a while. Seeing someone that you love, a friend or a family member, or it could be as simple as having your head hit the pillow at night, knowing that it was time to be able to sleep. I want you to take some time to just think back over the week and think of three or four different things that brought you delight, even if you weren't conscious of them at the time. And with each of those, pray this simple prayer. Jesus, I choose to delight.
And now we enter into worship, where we take all of those thoughts and we turn them to the recognition of who God is. That God is the one who's been with us throughout all of those things this week. That God is the one who created us to experience those things that bring rest and delight into our lives. And so you might like to turn your worship into a word or a sentence or an image. But is there something that just sums up for you what worship of God looks like in this moment on the basis of what this Sabbath practice looks like? As you find your word or your sentence or your image, pray this simple prayer. Jesus, I choose to worship. This is what Sabbath looks like. This is what we're encouraged to do each and every week. To take time to stop, to rest, to delight and to worship. To be able to feel how we may be feeling right now in this moment. But that's really only a couple of minutes of us dabbling in Sabbath. Imagine the impact of what it looks like for us to be able to do that for a few hours or to be able to do that for a whole day. We wanted to uh, share some stories of a few people who've continued to dabble with Sabbath over the last six weeks or seven weeks since we finished up our intentional focus on that. And uh, I can't remember whether we said we were going to get you to come up or I was going to bring a mic to you. Did we, did we decide? No, we didn't. So do you want to come up? <laughs> yes. So Renee and Dalip and Mel, <laughs> do you want to come up? We'd love to just hear a few thoughts about what you've been continuing to process and think about uh, over the last little while. So there you go. Thank you. No worries. Um, yeah, I think in my continuing dabbling with Sabbath um, recently, I have been reminded again and again that um, it's not an end in itself, that um, stopping and resting de- and delighting are all really good things as humans but that they are all an act of worship and that they're um, a way to connect with our creator and that there is such life in that. Um, So, yeah, I've just been reflecting on that and that, um, you know, God doesn't like me more when I do Sabbath well um, and it's not something that I have to try at, but it's um, more more training than trying. kind of like the the city to bay people that made me really late for church today. (laughs) Um, It doesn't matter like today how hard they try. If they haven't been training, um, they're not going to do so well. And I think I've been thinking more about Sabbath that way, that this is, you know, it's another training session. It's another um, way to position myself to connect with God and connect with the people around me. Um, So that's been really helpful. I think something that... I continue to um, grapple with is um, the realisation that the more organised I am for Sabbath, 
the better I can rest into it. Um, so when we arrive on Sundays is when we Sabbath and when we arrive on Sundays and we fall in a heap and nothing's organised for Monday and the kids' uniforms aren't um, ready to go and halfway through the afternoon on Sunday we realise you know, we don't have anything ready for the next morning um, and there's a mad flurry trying to get things ready. Um, the more organised I am for it, the more prepared for it and I guess makes sense that this is how the, the Jewish people did it over the years, um, is that there was a real preparation and a real anticipation of Sabbath. So that's something that I continue to work on or um, grapple with. And I think um, the continued challenge for my situation and where we're at is that uh, there are five people in our family, including three little people, and there are big, big emotions in our household. <laughs> and at any given moment, there could be a meltdown happening from a child or a grown-up <laughs> and that even if um, we are all on board with yep yeah, we're going to sabbath today this is you know we're we're turning our attention to stopping resting delighting worshiping even if we're all on board with that there are still five different ideas of what that might look like and um so Lockie, who's nine would happily spend every sunday afternoon baking and making a massive mess in the kitchen and i don't want to do that on, <laughs> yeah. on Sabbath. So that's kind of a continuing challenge for us, like working out, um, you know, how how we can Sabbath together in community. But it's something that, you know, in our training sessions, we can keep experimenting with. So great. Thank you. Um, yeah, I was listening to something recently. I can't recall where I heard it, but they talked about Sabbath being a sanctified time and space. And I found that really helpful. And um, as we've looked at Sabbath the last, um, you know, few months ago, I added a few things into my day. I work from home. Uh, the team I work with has spread around the world. So work hours can be super irregular. Um, but I've instituted like a midday walk uh, to get me out of the house and my workplace and just air my brain out. And it's not Sabbath, but it's Sabbath-like because um, it, it just breaks up the momentum that work can build up to and uh, some of the things I do are just, you know, I don't look at my phone after hours. I turn, have all the notifications turned off. I don't want to turn my computer on on the weekend because I'm in front of it too many hours in the week. Um, but like you're saying, Renee, it's just, it's a rhythm that has to build up and there's things I continue to do that I find helpful and some other things I'm trying to do to make it go deeper and more consistent and the idea of um, stopping I think I can do fairly well resting yeah still working on it need to get to bed earlier um, but then moving into that consistency of delight and worship without it feeling like I've got this stuff that actually needs to get done I need to pay that bill or fix that car versus stopping and delighting and doing something with God and I think that mindset of doing something with God that I also enjoy like riding my bike or you like mowing the lawn isn't it so god's in that too as well so things that give life um and discerning what is self-centered and what is life-giving in a much broader sense um not quite at the place of like chunking out a whole day uh simply because my life is just doesn't work like that i don't work like that um but good chunks of time i think to just spend time and, and be okay with it being imperfect because I'm pretty imperfect. Um, 
ask May, she will tell you. <laughs> uh, so it's okay if I you know, don't attain what I think I want to attain, but resting in God and allowing the Lord to lead me in that better as well, not trying to force something into a schedule and make it fit this shape or that shape, but actually, God, what, should, what do you want me to do mm. rather than what I want to do? That's great. Thank you. Um, entering into the Sabbath season, I guess, for us into July was quite unique. I guess everyone's <laughs> stories are unique, but um, we uh, had a second child mid-July. So um, <laughs> leading up Sabbath. to that, it was no. perfect. No. I uh, literally cut out everything from my life <laughs> leading up to that. Stopped work. Um, we started at Richmond, so I kind of stopped all the, the rosters and the things that I was doing at um, our previous church and um, stopped basketball. So really... I was entering into a perfect season of Sabbath because everything had stopped. Um, but I wanted that to mean something and I wanted it to be more than just um, stopping for this new season and, and embrace Sabbath. I grew up in a, a Christian home where Sabbath was a part of our routine. Sundays um, were very traditional uh, Baptist family, whereas Sundays were Sabbath and uh, we weren't allowed to go do our part-time jobs. We weren't allowed to do homework. We had to be prepared for the Monday. If we didn't have our homework done, well, bad luck. Get up at 6am and do it on Monday morning because on Sunday we don't do um, those sort of things. So it was it was part of uh, my routine growing up. But now as we entered into um, you know this season as a new family, a bigger family of four, um, what does that look like for us um, as Sabbath? Um, and I started really challenging myself in um, my own rest and I don't rest well. Um, if I stop, I have to fill it with things. Um, otherwise, I get really antsy. So that was uh, even more uh, perfect timing in coming into having a second child and um, having a cesarean where I knew that I would have physically have to rest. Um, so uh, what that looked like for, for me is... I was really challenged on my um, phone use um, because I didn't, didn't consider myself someone that used my phone a lot, but then I checked my um, screen time app <laughs> at the beginning of July <laughs> um, and it was mortifying, actually, um, when I realised that I was spending one whole day a week looking at my phone. <laughs> it was close to 24 hours of screen time and I could not believe it. So just that, that challenge then to go, okay, well... I can cut that down, that's measurable um, and something that I really want to be able to do leading into being at home more and doing less rather than replacing that with just more screen time. Mm. So um, that was something I really did intentionally and then together as a family we um, cut off phones completely on Sundays and put them aside and that for, for me um, and for Carl and I was probably uh, the best thing that we could have done being at home together a lot and intentionally putting our phones aside and spending some really um, quality time together was um, such... Uh, I delighted in that so much and seeing um, what God was doing in our new family, in our growing family. Um, and then also the hurry part was a challenge for me because, like, again, like, like I want to fill my things and be hurry, uh, do things and um, fill my day with things. Uh, with a toddler, hurried is uh, not part of their uh, vocabulary. Uh, <laughs> you cannot hurry a toddler. Um, and then also with a newborn. So really taking um, some deep breaths and resting in God and, and choosing not to be hurried and choosing not to hurry my family and hurry us to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, but just sit, delight and rest um, and, you know, um, see where God takes us in that. So I've continued to re try and reduce my screen time <laughs> um, and as that as a continual practice. 
and I think for me next is what I replace that with. You know, I can look at my screen time at the end of the day and be like, great, you know, I've achieved my measurable amount that I wanted to today, but what have I replaced it with during the day? Um, and that for me is a challenge in that worship and um, what that looks like when I'm not looking at my screen or if I am delighting in my family, um, choosing then to worship in different ways. Uh, I think is something that I'm continually being challenged by um, and then on the Sundays when Kyle and I put our phones aside um, you know we come here and we worship and we spend time um, with the um, with the family that we've made here and that is part of that worship and we're really delighting in that and we want to see that continue and and um, see where God takes that as well so great let's give him a hand thank you so much It has been super encouraging to hear lots and lots of stories of people trying different things, experimenting with different things and failing at different things and being able to say, what am I learning from the failing that I'm experiencing? Uh, that's so, so great because that is the whole point and love what Renee said in terms of it being training for us, that the goal is not to master and nail down Sabbath. <laughs> this is training for us in the way of Jesus and living the way that Jesus wants us to be able to live. However, the one thing that has been consistent in the conversations that we've had is that it is a much, much greater challenge to try and embrace Sabbath if we don't make it a regular rhythm. So we uh, initially started with experimentation. So in July, if you think back, we deliberately didn't say our goal is for you to find a time each week to practice Sabbath. We said here are a bunch of Sabbath practices and we would love you to find time to do those during the week. But do that whenever it works. Um, but one of the key pieces of feedback that we've had over the last few weeks in particular as we've talked about where we're at with it is a lot of people saying some version of life crowded back in. That once we stop putting the emphasis on it and once normal life kicked back in post-July, oddly enough, everything else just kind of crept back in and crowded Sabbath out. And so the challenge is for us to recognise that that is always going to be true. 100% of the time. That is not going to change. And if we don't make proactive choices and just try to squeeze this in around other things, then it's never going to have the impact that Jesus wants it to be able to have in our lives. I mentioned a few weeks ago that one of the catchphrases that I've had in a number of different places is that we need to say no to good things so that we can say yes to what is best. That that is a life principle that is super important. There are lots of good things that we can do, but if we want to experience the best things, we have to say no to some of those good things. Another way of being able to say that is that it's not about having time for these things. It's about making time. And I think often we fall into the trap of saying, well, I'll do that once I have time. That is never going to happen. It's only when we make time intentionally that we have the opportunity to do that. And so, as Renee said, I think preparing is so crucial and being able to say, this is how I'm working towards this and these are the proactive choices that I'm going to make so that I can do what I know that I want to do. So many of you know that I have Fridays off as my day off and uh, I turn email off on my phone on Thursday nights. I shut down email on my computer on Thursday nights and that's a part of my preparation for Fridays. But if I, every week just said, well, I'll just see whether I, can, whether I have time for it on Friday. It would never happen. Every Friday, there is more stuff that I could be doing, but I choose to say no to those things, 
put it all away, shut it all down so that I can enter into my day off. Similarly, I know that it's really, really important for me to start every day with some time of being able to read scripture and to listen to the Lectio 365 app and spend some time journaling and spend some time praying because if I don't make time for that at the start of the day, it will not happen. And sometimes I have an earlier start or sometimes I just kind of get up and start doing some other things. I'm like, I'll come back to that. I'll do it later on. I'll do it just before lunch or I'll do it later. Never, ever happens. I don't have time for it. I have to make time for it. I have to prioritize it as the first thing that I do because if I don't, I know that it won't happen. And so one of the challenges for us as we continue to explore what this looks like and move into the rest of this year is to say, what does it look like to set a time aside for this? And for most of us, we recognize that trying to set aside a whole 24-hour period is very, very challenging and very complicated and very complex. But the question is, what can we commit to? Can we commit to a regular hour each week or a regular three-hour spot, a regular morning, a regular afternoon or a regular evening? And one of the key principles that we focus on a lot, not just with this, but with all of our discipleship practices, is that it's not about finding the perfected version, it's just about the next step. And so as you think about what a space could look like for you to practice Sabbath, I want to encourage you to do that. Don't try and think about the perfect version of it. Just think, what's the one thing that I could do? What is the one time that I could set aside? And then what could I do with that time? And so that's what I want to give you some space to be able to process now and to be able to just jot some notes down about that as we move into the last part of this year, what could this look like for you? What is your next step with Sabbath? And so there's three things in particular that I'd love you to consider. The first is, is there a regular time that you could set aside? And again, that might be an hour, it might be a morning, an afternoon, an evening, but is there a time that you can set aside to be able to practice Sabbath? And then with that time, what is the one thing that you would like to try initially for a few weeks just to start forming some habits? That could be turning off technology. Love what Mel said, that's super helpful. It could be having a meal with someone or spending time with a group and taking some time to practice gratitude together with your Sabbath time. It could be doing something that you love, going for a walk, reading a book. It could be about spending time out in nature. It could be about listening to music, playing music. What is one thing that you would like to do with that one amount of time that you're going to set aside? And then the last piece is who are you going to share that with? Who's one person that you could share that with? Because we've talked about how it's not just about us doing this on our own. We want to be doing this together and we want to be inspiring and challenging and encouraging each other. And so there's a level of healthy accountability that comes from being able to say to someone, this is what I'm going to try and do. Can you just check in with me to see how it goes? So we're going to put a uh, video song on for you to be able to just reflect. But as you do, I would love you to write down those three things. What's one time where you could find one thing that you could do and who's one person that you could share that with. Take some time to reflect and write that down, capture it in this moment as the song plays, and then we'll come and uh, wrap up this part of our gathering.
We are going to come back to this again before the end of the year. So uh, we've got another Sunday in November uh, put aside for us to be able to check in just before we head into Advent and the Christmas season, which is very, very intentional. Uh, But it's also the hope that as we move through the next six to eight weeks again, that there's an opportunity for us to continue to explore what this looks like together and to share stories with each other and to continue to learn together around it. Today we're not going to uh, do a final song very deliberately because we want to continue the conversations around this. We don't want any kind of indication that this is now over. Uh, We would love you to use the opportunity to grab a coffee and some of the leftover desserts and be able to continue the conversations about Sabbath together. And one of the things that I have loved hearing and seeing is that I know that there are a number of you who have made a commitment to say we are going to slow down on Sundays. And we are intentionally going to make sure that we create space here to be able to connect with other people. We're not going to rush off. We're not going to hurry off into the rest of the day, but we're going to choose to spend time. And so today, we would love you to be able to do the same thing, to be able to not rush off, to not feel a sense of hurry, but to just kind of breathe into the next little while and spend a bit of time connecting together, have a drink, some tea, some coffee, Uh, Keep talking this over and make some plans about what you would like to focus on as we move into this next part of our season together. So I'm going to pray and uh, then we're going to move into a time of connecting that way together. Let's pray. Jesus, we are so grateful that you are enough for us. We're so grateful that you provide everything that we need. We're sorry that so often we feel like we have to be enough and we're sorry that so often we think we have to do enough in order to deserve what it is that you want to freely offer to us. We're grateful in particular as we focus on Sabbath for this beautiful invitation to enter into the rest that you want to provide for us, the unhurried life that you created us to be able to live I want to thank you for the opportunity that we've had to be able to experiment with that and to be able to learn together about what that can look like. And thank you that even though all of us are in completely different places in our journey with that and with the other things that are a part of our apprenticeships with you, that you know what's going on for us and you know what the next thing is for us. And so I pray that you would give us the courage and the boldness, but also the freedom and the sense of excitement to be able to take our next steps, to be able to say, this is the next thing for me, to be able to walk into what it is that you're offering to me so that I can continue to experience life the way that you created it to be. We're grateful that we do that with a sense of freedom, that it doesn't matter if we fail. So much of our journey is not a straight line, but is wandering all over the place and two steps forward and three steps back sometimes. And you walk with us in the midst of all of that. And we thank you that in those times where we don't manage to nail it, there are still things for us to be able to learn. And so help us to continue to move into this with an open heart and an open mind about what it is that you're trying to teach us, that you want us to grow in, so that we can be transformed into the people that you want us to be. Before we move out, I'm going to share a Sabbath prayer that many of you will be familiar with that is on the Lectio 365 app. So if you use that, you would know this is something uh, that gets prayed every single Sunday and uh, that I prayed this morning before I came here. So let's pray this and then move out into some coffees. May this day bring Sabbath rest to our hearts 
and to our homes. May your image, God, in us be restored and our imagination in you restoried. May the gravity of material things be lightened and the relativity of time slow down. May we know grace to embrace our own finite smallness in the arms of your infinite greatness. May your word feed us and your spirit lead us into the week and into the life to come. Amen.